Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to our Thursday night comic book chat corner, whichever you want to call it, as we do our walkthrough through the Uncanny X-Men classic stories from basically the new X-Men as we've gone through the Proteus saga and we have begun the Phoenix saga. Um, but we've, before we get to the Phoenix saga, we had to walk through a, a couple of other areas before we get to Phoenix and then Dark Phoenix. Uh, on the line tonight, I have Brother Beavis. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. Hey, how's it going? All right. And then we also have Sandman on the call. Say what's up, Sandman. Good evening, my friends. We are back again. Yes, sir. And uh, Big Hutch probably will be on uh, this week, or at least communicate with him earlier in the day that he said that he was going to get on this call. Um, last week, we walked through um, the, I guess, with the the pre Hellfire Club stuff or the pre Phoenix stuff, as uh, the X Men after the Project had gone back to New York, uh, Cerebro had identified two new mutants, uh, both of them whack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, both of them not exactly two of my favorites, at least. Um, uh, and then definitely Big Hush is not in favor of, of Kitty Pride and Dazzler have been introduced to the X-Men universe. And um, we also got our introduction to Hellfire Club, Sebastian Shaw, the White Queen, um, and that process. So where we are tonight is we're going to look at the pre-Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, before Gene returns, you know, Jason Wingard, a.k.a. Mastermind, has done his best to to turn Jean Grey or to get into her mind to kind of unleash the power of the Phoenix, try to get the control of her so she could become um, the Black Queen. And now, even though that hasn't happened yet, he has definitely gotten into her head and time shifted her back into the 1800s to think that she's marrying Jason Wingard. Um, and he's really kind of doing the mind meld on her that's definitely messing up her brain real fast. Um, Cyclops knows it. Um, Gene knows it to a, a point, but they're really the only two that knows there's something going on. So now we shift back into episode or issue 132. If I can find out, I found a new website, y'all. I think I mentioned it to Brother Beavis there at the start. There, it's just called this readcomic.com. I read comics online, and it's basically some online ones. I was not able to find my issues of this because they are definitely buried in the attic uh, or in the garage. So, um, yeah, they were not getting them. So, yeah, issue 132, the cover has Sebastian Shaw throwing Storm on top of the other X-Men uh, as like a rat. And it says, she's the last one. The Hellfire Club has defeated the X-Men, and comics are only 40 cents. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn shame. <laughs> Yeah, 
Uh, so the the issue is called a nail fire is in their is their name. Uh, the X Men after they had left New York, Cyclops had made a decision to take the team out to New Mexico uh, to kind of throw off whoever was tracking them. And they don't know who's tracking them yet, and so he takes them all the way out to New Mexico to this ranch that um, in the mountains that Angel has. Now we can we talk about track. Angel's socks? Okay. <laughs> yeah, his whole <laughs> outfit is you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Big Hutch is not on because I don't. I think I can almost see a wallet tucked into the sock pulled up to his neck. <laughs> uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Duly noted. Um, and all the wrist pad. The wrist is yeah. He's got a headband, yeah. wrist pads, stripes, yeah. uh, yeah. a white yeah. yeah. And his socks full up. Yeah, and, and that was where I was going. Angel's an awful character, too. Yep. <laughs> um, he's, he's one of my least favorite X-Men of all time. He's just yeah. quite useless. And I, you know, like a, Brother Beavis will probably have it as ready. Uh, what was his normal card? Because it had to be awful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he had I didn't to know if he had a card. Oh, okay. He he had, what is he, typical sin? Uh, he probably had decent endurance because he could fly. He probably uh, had agility. like incredible, probably agility. incredible agility. agility. Yeah, yeah, but he can't fight either. So he probably had well, fair, good at the most. Most of them, yeah, good. Everything was just good. That's all with what I remember. And typical, with some uh, some of this stuff. Awful. He's well, a dude yes. with wings. That's all he yeah. is. And they, I mean, they kind of saved him by turning him into Archangel later on. But as a whole, the, the character is terrible. Anyway, yeah. so they're out into the mountains. Um, they get greeted. Now, uh, Professor Xavier is also with them, but he's, you know, still kind of in his feelings about Cyclops doing this <laughs> and being the leader of the X-Men at the time. Now, it's going to come up later again. Um, Angel plants this weird kiss on Jean Grey's lips. To always yeah, I was about to say weird. something about that. Yeah, what kind of yeah. cock-blocking stuff is that? Yeah, yeah, it always struck me kind of weird. And then, yeah, me as too. You, as you can see, Jean, as she's talking now, her dialogue boxes are drawn completely different than they were before. They're real dark yeah. on the outside. Um, yeah, the, the spooky box. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that maybe her moods or whatever are changing. Um, when basically yeah. Scott, yeah, Scott gets those angels get thrown out somewhere so he can talk about what has happened. Angel admits that you know, hey, we're part of the Hellfire Club, and you know, his new his girlfriend at the time, Candy Southern, we're members of the Hellfire Club. It's just a bunch of rich, you know, stodgy, you know, Trump supporters essentially. You know, it's nothing. <laughs> you know, they're not really trying to kill or hurt anybody or anything like that. And you know, Scott's recaps everything that had happened. And, you know, and then Jean Grey comes and, um, you know, they have this real scene here where she changes her, the suit um, from, you know, her Phoenix outfit into a bathing suit. And, uh, you know, her and Scott have this all the time. She's actually able to, you know, keep his, uh, tele- his uh, uh, optic glass in check. You know, it's like this real like the interesting scene because she wants to see his face, which they also kind of played this scene out in X3. Y'all remember that before she sucked the life force out right before she killed him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so they did play the scene out and, you know, Cyclops is in his head the entire time about this whole thing. You know, he's got this hot redheaded lady, 
you know, ready to go. And he's like, (laughs) 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 if I open my eyes even fractionally without the visor's ruby quartz shield to contain my optic blast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, shut up. Smash. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and he says that every time there's any time his optic uh, his uh, glasses are not on. He has to say that. Oh, my my optic, uh, whatever he just said. Yeah, yeah. It's required. He has to say it every damn time. Yeah, every damn time. <laughs> I'm reading this now at forty something. Like she, she she wants a different optic glass right now. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's trying to worry oh, about buddy. your ruby quartz. Yeah, no, worry yeah, about yeah. your ruby quartz at this point. She she's into something else. Uh, so the scene shifts back to New York, and another time shift of like I think a week, something yep. like that. Yeah, where yeah, uh, X Men off off panel have plotted this entire uh, intricate plot of how they are going to sneak into the Hellfire Club, you know, to check it out. Now, and I'm sure that this played out in some other way. I'm sure I must have missed it. You know, but couldn't Xavier had kind of gotten close to this and maybe read some minds or doing something like this as opposed to putting this whole plot together? Did I miss something? Uh, so he's so he has like no relationship with the new team is one thing, and Cyclops is kind of keeping him out of it. And I think his I don't know if his powers were at all affected when um, when uh, he was we was with Lander and stuff like that. So I think it's primarily just Scott's kind of keeping him out of it. And so I okay. like you said, he's got a dialogue coming up here with with Angel where like he can't establish his psychic, psychic rapport and then so as a result, like him without his powers, he doesn't really kind of know what to do. I think is more of the right. issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it just seemed weird because I'm like it, it seems like this was a, a very complicated plot that they put together and also really not that well thought out. Um, so we're going to go in, like, we think these people might be hunting now. We're going to go in, and they know all this stuff about us already. Right. We're going to go in looking just like ourselves, essentially. And well, I think at this point, too, they haven't associated, like, the dudes that they fought in the last issue. I don't think they've associated that to the Hellfire Club. Right. Right. So yeah. I think they've, they haven't, they're, they're trying to put it together, and they think this is just maybe a recon mission. Um, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. So they put Batgirl and Wolverine in the sewers. Uh, Wolverine makes a decision about cutting some insulation off some wires that'll come important later on. Um, all the normal rotation gets sent into the big, the masses' big house. Um, with Gene, Colossus <laughs> gets some dialogue. Yeah, some pretty patented colossus or colossus yeah, dialogue. Yeah, some raising communist regime dialogue here. And um uh and then Professor Xavier's doing the Oracle. But from like New Mexico. <laughs> like they didn't even they didn't even come to New York. He has to do it from all the way across the country and put him in his corner and he ain't happy about it either. Um Mm-mm. but yeah, it's you know, so they make it to the back of the fire club. Uh, you want to go ahead and go in on Colossus and his, his Colossus dialogue, brother? Yeah, he's so uh, he's. This is another example of how he can't. You know, he's sad because he left his farm and the communist regime would never let him wear clothes this comfortable and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's such a fancy 
I think he said, what is it? Like, I feel weird wearing clothes that cost more than what my father would make in a year. Exactly. Um, They feel marvelous. Yeah. They feel marvelous. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I caught that too. An interesting line. (laughs) Yeah. So, into the party, uh, of course, they get spotted immediately. (laughs) Within seconds. They're yeah, walking sure what the they were thinking. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I mean, no disrespect. Um, you brought a nigra to the party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she would stick out as much as she would at each other at this point. So, oh, um, man. I'm sure she was, I'm sure all the security cameras were watching it as soon as she walked in the store. So, um, well, the other yeah. thing, too, is, like, at this point, and this was kind of the conversation between Cyclops and Professor X, like, the the Hellfire Club is up in that shit. They've got the they've got the, the mansion tapped. They, you know, basically looked at all the training videos, prepared, like, special defenses against all of them. This is a one-sided mm-hmm. fight at this point. So, like, the X-Men think they're going in on recon, and they're like, oh, you've walked into our fancy dress trap now, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's just... Right. I just it seems weird. I mean, it's like a because comics thing. Like, well, we had to get them there for a reason. Okay, fine, this is it. And um, so we get a chance to see the full Hellfire Club now, too, where you get to see. Uh, I think Shaw had made an appearance in the previous issue. Elon yeah. and Pierce are. I think this is their first appearance out of the shadows. Um, and you know, basically, they're saying, well, they're here. We're going to, you know. Wingard's going to start his plot in motion again to get to time slip into her fantasy world. And this part that starts the plot is in Hellfire Club about to attack the X-Men. So he, so he sweeps her away and then everything goes colonial. Cyclops is still like, I don't like this. What is going on? He's got some magnificent thought boxes. And, <laughs> and then he made he's rocking, he's rocking, a, he's rocking a Merce too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's rocking so a Merce and a pirate hat. Yeah, it's awful. And, you know, yeah. he, he becomes freaking small right here. And um, he tries his best. And then finally, as genius, that sounds like Big Hutch. Hello? You're something bumping around. Yeah. Let's, uh, he'll, he'll make it. So, yeah. um, Jean Grey gets whipped uh, swept away by Wingard. Uh, and finally, Cyclops sees through the mask of him being mastermind and recalls back to when he saw the shadow back in the, the previous issue or two issues ago. And then he gets freaking mollywopped by a, a like a phoenix blast. And then we finally see the first appearance of the. Well, I guess it's not the first appearance, but she is the dark queen or the, uh, the black queen. Not the black queen. Uh, yeah. I mean, now this is, comes up later on and uh, later when we do, I guess, Inferno. Uh, when Madeline Pryor becomes the Black Queen, or she's the Goblin. I can't remember. I, the Goblin. Those books Goblin are hazy. Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah, those books are hazy to me. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So she does that, and this starts this whole battle now. Like, oh, well, what happened to Cyclops? And then they rush in through there to go like the the Hellfire. Oh, is brother David? No, I'm here. I think. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you're here. All right. So, no. um, He's wiped out there. And if you look at that panel before they switch into their costumes, you'll see Hugh Hefner over uh, Storm's shoulder there. Yeah, in the corner, behind Storm. Yeah, he's right behind Storm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
smoker's jacket and <laughs> yeah, smoker's jacket and you know his pipe. So they rush up the stairs and they come in contact with Shaw, uh, Cyclops, or Colossus again, complete Colossus dialogue. Oh, I don't want to hurt this little man. I was just doing a knocking unconscious, but that didn't work out. <laughs> you got Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Shaw's hitting the him and, and how it's drawn with his feet all up in the air, moving around like they just okay. <laughs>
this is something that's common in these comic books too. Like Nightcrawler is forever not able to teleport. Like things happen. Like, oh, I can't, I can't concentrate enough to teleport. And I'm like, how much do you need to concentrate to do this? You know, it's like to rip you by the throat. Like, bam, man. Like how complicated is yeah. this? Um, they, yeah, they even explain it. It's like, oh, electrical field. I cannot teleport. Uh, uh, yeah, know, always some damn reason. And it like, happened in the and they were fighting the robot too. Like they hit him with the thing, and he couldn't. It was, I think, it was a sonic blast in the in the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, it was. But we get a picture of Pierce. Paul Pierce, uh, Wolverine, almost cuts through his arm. You know, he's a cyborg. He's not a mutant, which is kind of weird because all the other ones are mutants, and he's not. And like he kind of has some anti-mutant beliefs later on when he fights against the major rock. anti-mutant uh, beliefs. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, they yeah. would hang out with him. Um, but then we see Harry Leland, and then we get this great scene where he increases Wolverine's mass and pushes him all the way through. It's going to lead to one of the best, you know, kind of flash ending pages uh, at the end of this issue. Uh, and Wolverine gets knocked out too, all the way down, and his body mass increases through the, you know, through the floors and out to the sewers. And then it's left up the storm to try to figure this out. And um, Shaw ain't having it. Gets her. <laughs> she tries to kick him. It ain't working. And she does everything. Yanks it down. And, and that, that shot of him standing over her with the cape, pulling it back, put on her neck, like almost on her neck neck or whatever again yeah doesn't register with me at 12 when i'm reading this i was like god that's, uh, that's an interesting shot just you know, <laughs> kind, of from, kind of from the perspective of where we're looking at things and then you know throughout i kind of kind of sort of off screen but you know that's it and then shaw you know feeling pretty good it's like you know what we should take on the avengers <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that, I was like, yeah, y'all yeah. kind of took on, like, not the greatest version of the X-Men, one. Uh, and y'all had with every like, possible. With, like, yeah, full surprise, everything prepped. Yeah, yeah everything on, everything one prepped. by one and one. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if we're ready to take on the Avengers, especially the 80s Avengers, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Cocky so, bitch, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> There's much rejoicing. Looks like lots of wine and mead are being passed around in the Hellfire Club's inner circle as they uh, hail the new uh, Black Queen. And, uh, you know, Wingard and Pierce are having their... Uh, uh, who, who's going to lead? Yeah, who's going to lead the inner circle, you know? Cock measuring, I believe. Dick measuring. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. exactly what it is. Like, who's going to lead this? Shaw puts a shirt on, at least. Yeah, yeah, no well, joke. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, too. They have that other lady in there. Like, y'all are trusting this lady with a lot of secrets. Yeah. Saying yeah. everything. Tess- you know, Tessa. she could have been. Yeah. yeah. Is that Tessa? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's her. Yeah, she's an X-Man oh. in the far distant, you know. Uh, I mean, in the, the future, eventually. Okay. One of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's I her. Think that was her, but I was like, I don't know. Okay. So, oh, yeah. so, yeah. So, it ends it. This issue ends with. Shot of Wolverine after being knocked into the water, like okay, suckers, I've been taking you taking your best shot. Now it's my turn. That's one of the greatest comic book shots, pretty much of all time, especially in the X Men. I mean, everybody was hyped to see this after it happened. And then the yeah. next title is you know Wolverine alone, uh, which you know I, I would venture to say to you that most people want to see Wolverine pretty much in these books and comics and movies anymore. 
like, I don't know what many people about, yeah. cares about. Well, I don't know that anybody really cares too much anymore. You know, it's kind of in, in it with somebody on Twitter the other day. It was like, you know, well, X Men Apocalypse didn't do so well, and you know, it was this, it was that. I'm like, I, I think maybe those X Men movies need Wolverine to be successful monetarily. Uh-huh. You know, he might not be able to carry a movie on his own, but if you look at the movies that have made the most money for them, he's been front and center in them. And, and everyone. Maybe, right, maybe that's part of the process. You know, even though First Class was successful and it spawned a sequel, it's one of the least successful monetarily ones, and he's not mm-hmm. in it except for, for a second. Well, well, cameo before, thing, we, yeah. before we take that step, though, let's... let's uh, let's try a couple more experiments where they actually try writing a cohesive plot and a compelling villain right. and see if that's successful. And right. then we'll yeah, see no whether or not they do or don't have to have Wolverine in. I don't think, right. I don't think, of, you know, Fassbender was, he's probably the only legitimate, like, character, the only compelling character. I mean, the biggest names, the three big ones, I give a shit about Professor X. We've, we've mm-hmm. run down Jennifer Lawrence time and time again. Yeah. And they yes. just muted Fassbender in that movie. He was just right. a thrall for Apocalypse, who was terrible the whole time. So you had nothing. Yeah, which would never it. happen. Yeah, that would never right. happen in the comics. Yeah, and it's just, Magneto but, is nobody's uh, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but I, I just think that Fox being Fox, hashtag Fox kind of Fox, that they are always they 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 really think that the that people care about this ex the expand X universe, and I would dispute that mightily. That uh-huh. I don't I think most people care. Like, I, I saw something today. They were like, "Oh, there's going to be a new mutants movie." I hate new mutants, man. I never I, cared I about al- new mutants. I would almost sooner watch Power Pack than I would watch a new mutants. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I could care less, and I, I, I don't, I don't know that they know that an expanded mutant roster. I don't think that anybody cares about. You got like your core, probably ten mutants. That really, really give a damn about, and you might yeah. need to keep it at that. Like, I mean, 10 might be a stretch, um, but I'll say, yeah, 10. we'll say, we'll, we'll give you 12. 12 mutants that people really care about. Like, I tell them it's just, you know, that's whatever. Man. I, that's why I don't, I, I don't understand why that Fox really thinks that we all care. You know, we want Wolverine. You know, you went through all these movies in 17 years, and never gave us Wolverine in the yellow costume. That's awful. We need to see that yeah. at once. That'll never, never that'll never happen under Brian Singer's watch. As long as he's there, that's never going to happen. Right. I can assure you that. Matrix uniforms. All right. Anyway, so yeah. if issue one thirty three, Wolverine lashes out, or Wolverine alone, and Claremont and and I mentioned this at the end of the last podcast. Like we're they're on a, a tear here. Um, same writer, same artist, on an absolute stretch run here of books. Um, that are high quality in terms of writing and art history. Um, and it's going to continue at least for another five issues here. Um, before that, I think Byrne leaves here actually to go do um, Alphabet, right? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, just read, same time. I just read an article about him recently. Like he, he had his frustrations working with Claremont. Um, mm-hmm. And there was an episode, there was a drawing of Colossus that pissed him off, the words they put on it. And he just was like, I'm done. And right. the last thing he was, they published by him was Days of Future Past. Right. Yeah. Really? So he, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he bails, and I think he bails for Alpha Flight. I think that's yeah. where he goes. Yeah, it was. Right. And then he, you know, and then he goes, I think, 
Fantastic Four shortly after Fantastic that. Fantastic Four, um, yeah. But yeah, so it was just, um, yeah, so it's just an unbelievable run here. Uh, so yeah, so Wolverine alone, all these mercenaries that are all looking for him, it doesn't work out well for them at all as he comes and he slices and dashes and, and whatever. And again, Wolverine in the comics be different than Wolverine in the cartoons because he can he can slash and kill where he's not he allowed to do that in any of the cartoons. And he does this well and he tells you that he's doing it well. Because he's apparently the best different he from is, Wolverine buddy. in the Secret Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is very true too. He wasn't also kicking wrong. anybody in this. No, no yeah. robots. And it was just funny too because this is three years before? Well, remember, Secret Wars was intended to sell toys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah this was, what, 1980? Yeah. That was, this is 80. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, but he goes through, he gets, you know, they dropped on him by somebody, and the Buddha, 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 Buddha with the bullets there. And, um, <laughs> and it's so funny because he's like, oh, if I hadn't turned this way or whatever, I would have cut the ribbons or whatever. But, I mean, like, maybe they didn't play up his healing factor as much early on. I remember that being a much more later Wolverine plot. Like, oh, yeah, he has this healing yeah. factor, but they didn't play it up like, you know, where he's virtually unkillable. Um, yeah. I think later into the 80s where that happens. Um, but again, if you ever saw X Men the animated series, this whole scene is completely pulled panel for panel onto the cartoon. Even the whole speech about April, he's hurting <laughs> either way. He can come to provide, what is it? What is the the metal that he's made of? Adamantium. Adamantium. No, not no, not not Wolverine. Uh, the Who? the the mercenary. He says, question oh. is, can I kill one? Slicing through vanadium steel like a hot knife yeah. through butter. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they get word for word. Uh, this guy pees his pants, and Wolverine plots how he's going to get them back. Now, yes, darn it. I wish Hutch was here for this part. All right, so when we get back up into the upper room of the inner circle, um, all the wolf, all the actors are um, tied up with inhibitor necklaces on, and of course, like how that's the ruby cord. Just figured out why you want to have big hunters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no joke. Too. Well, there's a couple of reasons because we're in a, I'm going to run Colossus a little bit again too, <laughs> but <laughs> but the, yeah, I mean you know where I'm going with parts of this. Yep. Uh, so basically, you know they're looking at them that they've captured them, and then the way it's been set up is that Wingard has convinced Jean Grey that they are, you know, lovers and married. I'm assuming they are in the South, the way things are turning out here. And everybody uh, that's captured, and Jean sees them, she doesn't see them in their X-Men uniform. She sees them as, you know, colonial types of figures. Now I'm looking at what this, was going I, on back in those times for black folks. I can't. Uh, <laughs> That was work. what I think they thought now was they were working. Um, <laughs> that's not good times. Yeah, oh, not, no, it wasn't good times. Uh, they, they were working hard uh, for no money. Uh, basically, if you look at Colossus, Colossus looks like Tommy Lee Jones. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nightcrawler and his thing, he looks, I, I can't, I can't, I have a picture or a name in my head, but I can't, I can't pull it out. Like Errol they Flynn turn, or something. Errol Flynn. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Errol Flynn, something. And Storm. Yeah. yeah, Aunt Jemima. 
Straight up. Basically. Except she ain't fat. That's the only thing. It's a difference, yeah. But, but look at the difference. If you look at this, and it's subtle. But if you look at it, like, her lips are much bigger as a slave than she is yep. as Storm. Mm-hmm. And, much more, and much redder. Fair um, yeah, it's, it's a completely different drawing. And I'm like, God, yeah. like, this was thought about. Like, y'all didn't just come up with this. Y'all, somebody thought about this, and they drew it. I mean, and when you and then when they get into the other shots, too, you know, where you see her with her headdress on, She's about to get, you know, freaking molly here, you know, as a slave, crack across the whip. With a whip. Yeah, straight up. You know, I mean, this is uh, unacceptable. (laughs) In modern times, this is completely unacceptable. Totally get it. And in and of itself, outside of everything else, like, I get it. Like, I understand what they were doing. But you can't really maybe sure and not have this because it 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 comes off thirty something years later. It comes off extremely insensitive at, at a minimum, and then damn right, overtly outrageously racist on the uh, on the maximum side of that. So it's somewhere in <laughs> and I'm just like, golly, man, come on, man. I mean, yeah. somebody plotted and thought this out. And thought that you know, turn her to make her look different when they when they uh, when they made her the slate. Uh, so I mean, uh, so yeah, just one of those things that you know, comics or whatever. The cops can't see because you got to the courts freaking. Yeah, I, I, I was calling him the original as I was reading it with her there. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess he turned into the from Batman, you know. So uh, right. yeah. Just the whole complete, you know, complete thing, and then this is the first establishment of the psionic rapport between Jean and Scott, where uh, you know, she's in his head and he's her, and vice versa, that they can, you know, con- communicate with each other in their head at all times. Um, kind of a weird plot device, one that actually plays out over a significant period of time um, in the comic books. Like, I mean, after her death and when she comes back, I mean, that plays out on that psionic rapport like all the way through. Um, even in the, the X Factor, when she's back to being Marvel. Girl. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, did, did, that, did that read any differently than I did the thing with Storm? Am I reading it wrong? Am I being overly sensitive? No, I remember reading it like, you know, back in the day, and I was like, really? They got some slave shit up in this damn thing? And I remember <laughs> being kind of, yeah, it's similar to you, uh, producer, just a little shocked. I was like, damn, like, what are the hell are they trying to say here? You know, they could have. They could have. I mean, yeah, I guess. And they collared everything, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah like everything. Yeah. yeah, and you're I right mean, about they completely draw her differently uh, as the slave and the storm. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what they were trying to say with that shit, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. again, you could make it, like, I mean, you could take it even deeper than I'm taking it. Like, okay, so, you know, kind of storm has become. Like in and of itself, or in and of itself, has become like this kind of a black. Even though her, she yeah. is, her skin is black, but she has yeah. completely all white features. Like you know, between the hair, yeah, her blue, blue eyes, whatever. Only thing that's different is really the color of her skin. But yeah. when they needed to turn her into a slave, the nose got wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, everything changed out completely different. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, to my thing on. Like, I'm like, really? That's weird. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um, 
So anyway, so yeah, so things are working out for the X Men. Shaw has indicated Scott or to Nightcrawler that yeah, we're gonna essentially like you know do some apocalypse stuff and try to like create these super mutants based on your DNA essentially, which is kind of weird. Um, that was, yeah, and then, those answers, I was just reading this, and that was like the first time I noticed what their actual plot was. Yeah. That that's what they're trying yeah. to do is genetic engineering. Yeah, yeah they're right. super mutants. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Because well, it should be like, yeah, we need to genetically engineer some mutants because ours are pretty terrible. We've got one yeah. guy who's not even a mutant, <laughs> yeah. another guy that hates makes mutants. people heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Y'all don't want to join. Like I'm the shit. I'm about to roll up on Avengers Mansion, but these other yeah. guys, I don't know. Yeah, no joke. I'm, White Queen yeah, doesn't pretty... even get out. White Queen isn't even in this. Did she get taken no. out or what? Well, they said uh, in there she... that she chose suicide over uh, being captured, but we all know that you know can't kill Emma Frost. Yeah. So yeah. Um, then the scene shifts to Muir Island, and then Scott or Scott. Uh, Banshee, Banshee and uh, Maura McTaggart have a conversation about, you know, what, you know, we need to talk about Gene. Like, things are going wrong and all that stuff that we hope that could hold hold back this power of the Phoenix. All that stuff is going away. But the, to be uh, looked at again later, uh, and then Charles and um, Angel have that little conversation about everything that's going on and why, you know, Xavier is a bad leader, that he didn't follow Scott's lead after all of this, and you know, he's mad that baby got put in the corner, but he you know, he just really wants to help. And so the scenes keep shifting back in between and now. I, I back thought it was interesting. Like he, you know, I was thinking about this when we did the last time. It was like they all treat him like he's their dad and they love him. He's kind of a dick. And we were, yeah, we were always like our wars. It was like, is he ever going to come back around? But here's yeah. a panel <laughs> where he's like, you know, he actually admits like, yeah, I resented Cyclops. I trained mm-hmm. him to be takeover for me. And be the leader of the X-Men. And then when he did, yeah. I was a dick about it. And so right, I think yeah, it is it's a, it is sort of nice, like, he finally does kind of accept that. I don't think he changes yeah. anything or anything like that. But, it, you know, it's no. sort of his moment of vulnerability. Right. And and then that comes back once she does make the turn and she ha- and they have that battle on the Sonic thing. Like, you know, that, you know, the teacher and student, it comes up to forefront again. And he, you know does what he has to do to kind of to make that situation as right as he could. You know, I, th- I think probably more than anything is a, the way Xavier is written at this point in time is that I'm, nobody really sure what he is, you know, like, well, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be able to shear and I'm back. Well, I'm supposed to be, like, he's all over the place. And I don't think there's any real consistency with Xavier for a long time, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, I think what, like you were saying up front, like he breaks stories because he's so powerful. Yeah. So they have to ride him out. Yeah, he's almost like, in a way, almost like the Superman problem. I mean, he's so powerful. What are you going to do with him? They don't seem to know what to do with him. That's why they kind of banished him with the Shi'ar for, what is it, 20 books or whatever it was for a while. Um, You know, and even when they brought him back, you know, he's in a background character. He's in New New Mexico chilling with uh, with Angel. You know, so. <laughs> another awful character. Yeah, another awful one. Yeah, yeah, yeah they terrible. I love his costume. I love Angel's costume. The red oh, and white one in great. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, a the great looking in your costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with, with, with typical strength. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Damn. So, uh, Wolverine's got to try to get back to, to the eighteen. Have to fight with the mercenaries. 
Um, but before that happens, Scott goes to the astral plane, try to connect with Gene through their psionic rapport, and it doesn't work out. Wingard attacks him. They have a dueling battle with their <laughs> on God with their uh, uh, with their, uh, their, their psychic swords. Yeah, there's no freaking whatever double entendre there. And um, they fight on the psychic plane. Uh, Wingard, air quotation, is going to kill him. Spoiler alert. Uh, but that's not where Wolverine comes in. And you get another black character. One of the goons is black. He even gets some dialogue, too. Oh, yeah. Come peacefully, little man, or pieces, your choice. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, of course he's working, but whatever. You know, he wasn't at the party. <laughs> working. Uh, and beating up niggas. So, <laughs> 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 I want you to serve these drinks, and if any Canadians come in with some yellow costumes on, I want you to beat them up. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, can I have a weapon? You have those bowling pins. What? Yeah, no, can yeah. I have, no, can I have no. a weapon? Yeah, no. Yeah, I need you to take this. Um, so, yeah, so they, um, Wolverine makes his way out there after Cyclops is killed, air quotation, um, and he's on, on the floor. And I remember this out of the thinking, and they killed Cyclops. Dang. You know, yeah. where he's lying there. You know, you know Nightcrawler goes out, like, oh my God, not, he isn't breathing. Cyclops is dead. You know, I mean, that, you know, a 10, 11, 12 year old me is like, man, that kid Cyclops. I can't believe it. You know? Um, but alas, he's like, does this mean Professor X is in charge again? Shit, no, no, (laughs) check out Sebastian Shaw and his bro and his, yeah, sipping on his cognac, sipping on his, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he's a good character. I mean, he's here, like, you know, he doesn't make too many other appearances as as my memory serves me. They don't make too many other appearances after this. I, mean, I, I think they might run in one, one, two major ones I can think of, and that's been about oh, okay. Help There's a Nimrod out. story. Nimrod, okay. that one, yeah. And that's where uh, Leland dies. Yeah, yeah. Nimrod. Pierce yeah, comes back in a new way. Yeah, Pierce comes a lot. And then Leland right. dies at some point in time. I yeah, Leland dies around issue 200. That's when fighting Nimrod. Okay. Right, he has a, he has a heart attack, actually, uh, um, Nimrod knocks Shaw into orbit and um, to bring him back down. Um, uh, Leland has to bring him back down to Earth, and it's too much for his heart, and he has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to kill Fetty. How are we going to do think it? The, uh, I think the Hellfire Club was in the New, Immu- the new Mutants, not that anybody here would know, because uh, yeah. Magneto was part of the Hellfire Club at one point. So I think yeah, that's, that's mostly what they were doing over the years. And then they pop right. up and they all get off because they were targeted by the uh, Shinobi Shaw and, yeah, yeah. and the Game Master and all that shit. Yeah, I stopped reading that from that, from that point. Yeah. Um, okay. At least not those books. Well, so the last issue you can have is 134. Um, and it is uh, too late, the heroes. Now, of course, Psychops is not dead. My astral form died and almost killed my reality form too. But as you see, if you look at that, you can see that uh, the Black Queen uh, she's shifted. She's not all up in Wingard's business anymore. She's kind of got an off side to off to the side look, like something is amiss. And um, you know, 
they there's a cap again. You see Storm uh, in the middle there next to Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just bad, man. That's just a bad look. It is a really bad look. Um, they recap everything that has happened and the, the stuff in, from the 1800s or whatever. And um, Wolverine finally makes his way up into the inner circle of the Hellfire Club. Um, Shaw, Fat James, even for not actually killing him. And, um, you know, the the battle is going to begin. Now, Jean Grey has gained control of her, a little bit more control of her faculties, and she attacks Wolverine. But at the same time, she also frees Icops um, from his, um, his mass that is on his face. And the battle begins to you know, unravel for the Hellfire Club as Scott gets out and frees the other X-Men to go fight against everybody else. Um, so anything hey, struck y'all in there? Um, yeah, real quick. How exactly does Cyclops blast his helmet off when this is supposed to be a Ruby Quartz helmet? which yeah. utilizes <laughs> optic glass, if I'm if I'm not thinking about this right. So, yeah. yeah. He says, okay, all I got to do is open my eyes. And what, his eyes were Okay, his eyes were closed that whole time. Okay, that don't make no sense either. Well, that's and, because the, uh, the glasses are held in behind his ears. And once this was unlocked, his glasses would fly off too if they weren't on his ears. <laughs> hey, it works for me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard the Ruby Quartz always... explained? Yeah. No. Not, well, not so really. I read something, and you know, I'm sure this is something that somebody, every new writer makes up something different every five years. So what? Yeah. What I heard, the only thing I've ever heard that made some sense, I uh, was that he has a, a field, an electrical field or whatever, around his body mm. that keeps the <sighs> uh, keeps the beams in, but when it but when his eyes are open, it breaks down the field. And so what the Ruby Quartz does, it doesn't block it or anything. It just it recreates the field, and it closes the gap in the field that would let his eyes, let his blast out. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. I thought I heard them all. That was pretty good. Yeah. That, so it's that's not that's in that in that explanation. It's not that the, you know, that he can't blast through a Ruby Quartz or something like that. It's just. It's the field. So, but that argument would mean that he probably couldn't shoot his helmet off either. Yeah, exactly. Right. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's always bothered me. I mean, back in the day, I remember reading this, and I was like, eh, I don't know if that makes any sense. But okay, comic books, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And they. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good scene, actually. I mean, the way they it is. they set it up, the way he just frees, you know, he goes take out, you know, everybody and frees everybody else. Um, there's going to be a line here again with Colossus where Colossus does something stupid. Um, <laughs> really stupid. Oh, almost gets himself I was mad killed. Yeah. <laughs> almost gets himself killed, and he runs him for it you know, in the middle of the battle. And again, this is this is grade A peak Cyclops or yes. Cyclops territory here. This is not moody, broody Cyclops. This is not Magneto Cyclops, which is going on right now, or you know, which is the most recent version of Cyclops. This is, you know, confident. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Captain Cyclops. America Cyclops. Yes. Yeah, the, <laughs> the precision with which he uses his power, the the quickness of his decisions, the strength of his tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so he, mm-hmm. Leland out and down. Wolverine goes after him. Um, and, you know, you get that great shot 
Cyclops realizing <laughs> that, you know, that you can't uh, hit uh, Leland with his glass, you know, knocks out the floor. Uh, and Colossus makes his decision to attack a cyborg in his uniform, and he almost gets his yeah. face knocked off, <laughs> which yeah. he probably yeah. should have. And he's like, oh, I should protect him in my whatever form. And Colossus is like, if that's true, you're luckier than you deserve. You should have anticipated that attack. <laughs> yeah, you punk yeah. ass. I think is what yeah, he, he added. He straight up called him a dumbass, yeah, in, yeah, in he, a very he, nice he, way. You know? so. And I don't know how Colossus here, but this is not a great version of Colossus. Like, young Colossus is not a great version. I, I don't really start <laughs> liking Colossus really until after Secret Wars, until after he gets his ass kicked by uh, Jeremy out of that bar fight. Like, I kind of started liking him then. But, like, after issues 200 and after Magneto becomes the, the, the leader of the X-Men, like, I, right. I, I like the character a lot more. And then when they brought him back to life from the Spongebob, the character was much more fully formed at that point in time. And, I, you know, I like that version of Colossus. But this version is awful. Like, he's just, he's so <laughs> unsure of himself. He's such a, even though he has great power, he's just terrible. Like, you can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, the funny thing to me anything. was always, where do his pants go when he transforms? Like, why do his yeah, I've always wondered that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never noticed that. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've known that for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a great mystery of the world there. Uh, um, um, well, mm. He has an electric field around his body, and the blue pants keep him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's go with so, that. So, yeah, so Cyclops in total command of the situation since Storm and Nightfall after Shaw. This is kind of an interesting group. Leland goes to the floor. He increased Wolverine's mass, and he pushes him all the way through. And then they make their attack on Shaw. And, you know, they just do some absolute goofy stuff to try to get him out. <laughs> um, but in between that, <laughs> I love the, that, the, oh, the, the, I love the Wolverine plunging onto, onto Leland. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got my, I got yeah. my one power. Let me, oh, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but in between Shaw fighting Storm and Nightcrawler, um, there's a scene where, um, we shift to the Avengers mansion. Uh, Beast is there. Uh, and they got him on patrol, uh, like, I guess, monitor duty. Monitor like, duty. Like, yeah, where everybody else is out fighting criminals. I'm on monitor duty. And then the call comes in about the X-Men doing something over in Manhattan. And he has to make the decision on what he's going to do. But at the previous time, he was already complaining about, you know, well, what's, you know, should I make this call or who, you know, what am I supposed to do? Are these, you know, I miss all my time with the FN or whatever. And he raises the call, you know, the police call that came in to go run towards his community buddy. Um, I, I hate these two. Uh, he's, not <laughs> one of the, he's not one of the 10 X-Men that I care about. Uh, I yeah. never really cared for the character. I, I'm more familiar with Beast, and I liked him more as an Avenger than I ever did as, a, as an X Men, like yeah. ever. Well, I mean, well, I mean, half the original X Men are whack anyway. I mean, what are the, the two most useful ones? Cyclops, Iceman, maybe Jean Grey, but not 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 then, but later. So you got maybe yeah. two out of like five was, that are worth something. He seemed like he was never stronger, never strong enough for the other strong guys, and he was never like fast enough for the other fast guys. And so he was yeah. like, you know, he was stuck in the middle. He was like 
you know, kind of Spider-Man level ability, but without the gadgets. Right. Right. And just, right. And it just never, I just never understood. I, I just never liked the character. I don't know if it was design. I don't know when they made him like this freaking eloquent wordsmith or whatever, too. Mm-hmm. I just never yeah. cared for the character. Like, I was like, I don't like Beast. <laughs> well, that's like, you know, that's, that's the sort of one note writing from the sixties, right? Like, so he's, mm-hmm. he's the beast. He's strong, but he's smart. And that's, and right. that's like, go, you know, that's right. You know, 30 years <laughs> of comics right there. So yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, I like dark beast better than I like regular, like, you know, beast. Oh, yeah. like dark <laughs> genetic experimenting on people. Beast. There's right. like, Crazy. a couple good, like, the there was a in the Grant Morrison the tail end of the Grant Morrison run there was one of the dystopian futures was one in which the Beast had basically taken the characteristics of the Dark Beast and was doing all mm-hmm. sorts of manipulation and stuff like that but yeah, right. yeah. Okay. it's a much yeah. more interesting character at that to me um, but Beast will be back uh, don't you worry next week we will see the Beast again um, <laughs> and then uh, it's just kind of a weird thing you see Pierce and Wolverine and Colossus fighting again um, Colossus gets really mad, you know, because he insulted him somehow, something, and uh, he snaps his arms and he gets the electric in the face. And Colossus, <laughs> and then <laughs> he's so strong that he's so weird, and I can't take it. Um, no, no, Colossus is one of my X Men actors, but he might make the list, but it's gonna be close. Um, Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and now Shaw is being Afro Circus, Afro Circus. and then uh, you know, and Shaw finally catches up to that. <laughs> and then that punch to the stomach though. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like a whole him up by a leg like a freaking uh like twenty well, he got him by change the side of beef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> it doesn't really work for him very well either. And so uh, the storm comes in and, like, puts him in a blizzard and, you know, drains his power. I thought that would actually be something that he could absorb. Um, I guess it's like kinetic energy, but I, I, I don't know. I just kind of thought, maybe that's kind of on the line. But, yeah. So sends him in the retreat. He finds um, Pierce and they run away. Next time we'll do something better. And so, you know, those two guys are out. Uh, Leland is, you don't want to know. And, uh, <laughs> and Wolverine tells Scott Cups as much. Like, you have noticed and you don't know. And um, they're all trying to get everybody together to get out of there. Um, but Jean is in there. as Like, she hasn't turned into the Dark Phoenix yet. But she's pretty much lost all control of Jean Grey. And she finds Leland, and she's not happy about Wingard. Wingard, sorry. She finds Wingard, and she's not exactly happy about what he has actually unleashed inside of her. Um, and she lets him know. Uh, and the artwork on this is just fantastic. Every single panel. It's just genius, man. This peak burn right here, man. And his run of Fantastic Four is genius, too. But this is peak burn, and... Um, I mean, yeah. So basically, she finds him. She lets him know that you should have done what you did. You have no idea, essentially, what you just unleashed onto the world. And she's wondering, like, how he got into her mind and whatnot. And she gives him all the power that he was looking for by 
reaching deep into the galaxy or something. I don't know, whatever, because of comics. <laughs> and she and she leaves him as a drooling pile of whatnot, like in the middle of the floor. Yeah, look like look like a crack look like a crackhead, you know. On a, yeah, like a wino on a man high. stuck yeah, on yeah, yeah. third street somewhere. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a good look. And now, Jean Grey stopped referring to herself as Jean Grey. If you'll notice as she goes through, she's all referring to herself as Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix is taking over her. He's taking over. Now, if you remember this from the X Men animated series, you see Cyclops coming into panel there. He says Jean a solid <laughs> 50 times per episode. Uh, in those cartoons, man. Yeah. Just, I I remember this is the days long because this this uh, happens while I was is in college and uh, my roommate at the time who cares about a comic book or an animated show or whatever, but you know it's on. I'm watching it. He's like, ooh, all I hear is him saying jeans. <laughs> like jeans, jeans. Oh. he's constantly saying her name, so it's hilarious. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so yeah, they're making their way out of the, uh, the Hellfire Club. Um, they get to the uh, the Blackbird, though, is it? What ship is that? Uh, I don't know, I don't know. what. Yeah. It's just uh, uh, a, a generic ship that they just came up with for this. Is that a leftover Shi'ar vessel? That's what I was about yeah. to say, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they're 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 making their retreat, and you know, but things again because nothing goes well for the X Men at this point. Um, <laughs> Wolverine makes a thing like he sees all the NYPD. Uh, rolling up in there, like, well, they will have an army to take us on. And she goes, against the army, Wolverine, you might have had at least a hope of survival. Against me, you have none. And Sokoff goes, what? oh, no, no. <laughs> and then uh, you get this line that will be repeated in multiple issues, that I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. I am things. And boom. And then at the end of Phoenix, and we only have Dark Phoenix as we go on through the rest of the books. So, you know, kind of recapping, Brother Beavers, what do you remember most about these books? Uh, there's, it's funny. There's a couple of scenes that I remember that they're they they're big in my mind, but they're actually like little panels, like the Cyclops and Jean on the top of the of the the butte where she pulls the yeah. glasses off. Mm-hmm. But just right. you know the the Wolverine every basically all of Wolverine's fight scenes in this are just spectacular. The 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 duel yeah. on the psychic plane it's just like it, it's just a great run. The, the thing that that strikes me relative to like comics today and movies today is like, you know, just the varied uses of their powers and that you know, that actually all the fights are different. It's not just like you know, yeah, go ahead and hit harder, or hit harder. It's like, you know, they just they use different tactics, they use their powers in different ways. It's just it's a much more interesting action as opposed to just what we've come to now. It's just like splash pages of, you know, explosions and one. It's like Jerry Bruckheimer comics or whatever. But mm-hmm. just, right, right. Just, it's it's uh as dense it is, as it is, it's you know, there's still a lot going on. It's I it's just a great run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you saying, man? What do you remember? Yeah. Most? 
what I remember mainly is like, oh uh, man, this is one of the wordiest books I've read in a long time. <laughs> so I mean, right. this is like 1980. You know, this is 12 year old me uh, trying mm-hmm. to uh, struggling at times to keep up with some of these words and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very Chris right. Claremont really like kind of outdid himself with the um, words, especially like, when he's describing that um, Gene is turning to uh, inevitably turning into Dark Phoenix and the words mm-hmm. he used. I'm looking. Looking at a panel here, the obsidian flames burn bright within her. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know what was going on completely, but I was like, well, this is some important shit going on right here because these are some right. big ass words. So, yeah. Know, uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad for me, but I, yeah, it's, um, this is classic, man. This is, when you think of X Men, this is it. This is their summit. This is the piece. Right. So, this is, yeah. these are the books that got all of us probably hooked on the X Men um, this run. But I would also say, and it, it will, this will come up as we go through some of the there. Like I would say, Claremont got even wordier post her. That's just like, right. The thought boxes and the plot boxes are in some of those books are massive. I'm, I'm talking, yeah, probably fifty words in a thought box or a plot box, and it's like, golly, this is so dense trying to just even get the dialogue, you know, so I'm just like, man, oh man, what in the world, dude? But I mean, you got your money's worth, too. The book was only 75 cents. You really felt that you got your money's worth 75 cents, whereas now you pay three or four dollars, and you're just like, that in 35 seconds. I feel like I got my money's worth of wordsmith out of it. I think probably there's like, there's still a lot of subtlety in this. I mean, there's some subtlety in the storytelling and the fact that they'll, they'll they'll show you some stuff that you don't know what it is and they explain it a few issues later. That's more overt. But like Jean's turn on Mastermind is like all done with art. She doesn't explain like right. on the very last page what you know it was right. the act of killing Cyclops set mm-hmm. her free. But but I mean you know just the little looks and whatnot is what you get until you know she you know she gives him the dirty look. And even then it's not clear like. <laughs> You know, does Cyclops know that? You know, it's because they don't mm-hmm. do a lot of the interplay between them. So, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of storytelling going on, both with the art and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, you show me a run between a writer and an artist, or even if there's just an artist in and of itself that's doing both. And, I, I mean, like I said, we'll even go to Burns or on Fantastic Four, where the writer and the artist are together for such a long period of time and created, like, an absolute, like, just a run of books that are absolute classic. I mean, if we had all of these books, you know, CGI graded back in the day, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation except on our gold phone and on the moon, bitch, because we would be rich. (laughs) (laughs) We would be rich. I saw this book, one of these CGI graded at a nine or whatever was worth, like, $700. From a forty cents investment, so I, mean, I was like, "Come on, man! Like seriously, like <laughs> it's such a classic run." The introduction of characters that have made themselves over time. That again, y'all are saying these characters, you know, they died later on, but they were introduced at a long time, and where they were very important characters to what's happening in the plot of the story. You know, nowadays we try to introduce new characters all the time, and they just they never stick. No. We're going to come to our, our kind of side whatever topic here in a second um, before we end. It's just like if you can create characters and if you give them a solid story, 
people will care about that character and you could lose Shaw for 40 issues, but then bring him back and people will be like, oh, I remember when Shaw was, you know, at Hellfire or whatever. Like, it's just, it's not just something in there just to be like, well, this is the character that we're going to put in and we're going to let him have a run for about, you know, an issue or two. And then Wolverine's going to cut him to ribbons and shreds and then we'll never see the first thing again. Like, that's not <laughs> right. a good plotting. You know, and that's not right. a good, good, good character. You know, so, but yeah, just a great run. Um, spinning it forward so next we'll get into the Dark Phoenix saga we'll take from Dark Phoenix all the way until she um she dies spoiler alert uh, on the dark side of the blue moon on the blue moon portion of the moon where the watchers watch so um well and that that'll be issues 135 36 and then she dies in issue 137 which is a great comic book too uh, actually I had there you know, that any CGI credits in my Nothing, but you know, whatever. It's a great, it's a great issue to a great payoff to what it actually happened. And we'll talk a little bit about the what if issue about you know because they bought that and they waited to the last moment to make that decision to kill her because that really wasn't there. Um, right. So, all right. All right. So that was that. And then, all right. So we'll start and topic real quick on um, Iron Heart. Uh, not the, yeah. the um, story that's about uh, Riri Williams who's going to become going to take over in the book of the Invincible Iron Man. She's a 15 year old African American female. She's an MIT, I think, graduate already. But she's a genius, and somehow, some way, she is going to take over being Iron Man. But she's going to be going to go with Iron Heart. Like that's going to be her. Her, her nickname, her, right. her code name instead of her code name, and her Iron Girl. She's going to be Iron Heart. So, saying that, back to what I said before, if you're going to do this, Marvel, DC, or whoever is going to do this, if you're not going to give them a competent story and a significant push, this huh. is just. You know, this is just hot shotting the title onto somebody for a couple of weeks. It's just all you're doing, Brother Beavis. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I yeah. it's it's it baffles me the way they've adopted a stance where they seem like the only way they can introduce new characters at the expense of an established one. And right, and it's like you know, don't you know, and, and maybe it'll be great, but I don't know, I. The thing I was thinking of, like, if you really want to do away with everybody, rather than marginalize them all, just, like, turn time back on. Let them be 35. Let them be 40. You know, let them be whatever right. and bring in a new generation. And call it Iron Man, colon, the, invention, the adventures of Ricky, whoever. If that's, you know, do something like that rather right. than just make it at the expense of, you know, the, of the other characters. Right. Right. Same, man. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. This it's um, the entire. I mean, the, all the main Avengers now have been replaced by in the comics. Talking about by somebody else. You got we are kind of, I kind of went over this real quick. Uh, um, you got Falcon as Captain America. You got Jane Foster's Thor. You got uh, now Riri Williams is going to be Iron Iron Heart, aka the mm. Iron Man substitute. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly you know uh, where Marvel's trying to push it in you know almost it almost seems like forced diversity like fake diversity almost yeah. that's like i i'll, I'll admit i do read of uh, the thor 
comic because I, I used to read Thor back in the day, so I still kind of mm-hmm. uh, look into it now. And the stories actually aren't bad. It, um, and, you know, it's just the fact that they they still want to call her Thor, you know, instead of Lady Thor or whatever. No, they I mean, they went into depth that, you know, that's her name is Thor. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, well, geez, I mean, really? <laughs> we can't do a little right. better than that. Uh, right. You know, so I got mixed feelings on it. Yeah. Okay. Online. Yeah. My issue is that, it, 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 I mean, I've written this Plessy versus Ferguson comic book articles for the website a while ago. They're going to make her Iron Heart, but then in the same breath, Dr. Doom is going to be Iron Man. Yeah, so the infamous Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So you're going to have two characters again, one of them being a white dude. So she's really not Iron Man. It's the Spider-Man situation where you have Miles Morales as, you know, domestic Spider-Man and Peter Parker is international Spider-Man. Like, right. It's just Plessy versus Ferguson, like separate people, <laughs> characters. And, but they're not. Because you know at some point in time, Iron Man is going to be Tony Stark. They yeah, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, this is the established canon in history. So, yeah. and I don't understand, and I do understand because it's always about money. Yep. I don't Marvel invest the time and effort and resources, because I know it's a money issue, into helping people create new characters, giving them credible pushes to establish them in a universe. It does take money. Yes, and is that book maybe not going to be profitable for a while? That's a strong possibility. But right. if you do it that way, at least you could put a character in the regular continuity without taking away from another character. Do we need another white superhero? No, we don't. We don't. Like, does there need to be a space for like, a black female superhero that's not Photon or Storm? Or, right. or <laughs> like, 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 yes, okay, yeah, we do need that, but couldn't have Riri Williams been somebody else. Definitely, that, you know what I mean. Like, it could have happened, and you kept her as you know. It's it's just it baffles me because I just. I see the end game, and I know I'm supposed to enjoy the moment, but I see the end game, and I know the end game is yeah. at some point in time, she's either, and Marvel pays some dust on the court, at some point in time, Tony Stark's going to be freaking Iron Man. So it's either you shift into an alternate reality, or you kill her. <laughs> yep. So, or she's like, you know what, I don't want to be no more. I'm just going to go get a regular job and shit. You know, fuck that. <laughs> I'm just gonna go, <laughs> go work at Macy's. I'm done being an Iron Man. You know that's too hard. You know I work too hard. Avengers man, I ain't doing that no more. So I mean, it's like you just like where where's what's the end game here? You know, it's gonna be with a movie with Ironheart in it. You know, and of uh, the Affinity Wars is Ironheart gonna? Be? No, you know that ain't happening. It's never gonna happen. And you that's know, the thing thing too is like the movies are the biggest thing ever. And yet they're going out of their way to distance the comics from them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, which is even more than that, or you'll have the, uh, whatever Iron Man, Doctor Doom, you have Iron Heart, and then just like Captain America came back, then you'll have like, a, you know, an oh, yeah. invincible Iron Man or the incredible Iron Man 
as Tony Stark. So if you want to, you know, hey, you know, you want to read the women Iron Man, you want to read the, the evil Iron Man, you want to read the, the regular Iron Man, you pick. Which, again, is a reason I believe the comics are dead is because there's too many damn comics. So, right. Yeah, I just, I just don't know what the end game is. I mean, I'm going to buy the first issue. Sure, I'm going to buy it because, like, you know, my daughter would like to see, like, female Iron Man or whatever. That's fine. Like, I have no problem with it. No problem supporting it probably for a couple of issues to see if it's any good. But, I mean, I know at a point in time everyone's just going to be sitting somewhere and have to wind up giving away to somebody at some point because it's not going to mean anything. It's like, yeah, you know, that's right. They did that for a couple of, you know, 12 issues and then she just kind of faded away and then to the age of apocalypse and she was never seen again. So, whatever. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> that's pretty much it. So, yeah, that's it. All right. That's it. I'm done. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our Thursday comic chat for this week. I was actually going to get comic books today, and I never made it to the door. Uh, but I do have some books that I need to go pick up because it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a minute. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Next week, Get to Kill Phoenix. I'm looking forward to it. I, I read that book actually recently, so I'm kind of looking forward to reading it again. Um, but, yeah, we finally get a chance to kill her. And so maybe on your <laughs> side reading, the side reading, maybe go into – we might – Maybe dip into uh, that Fantastic Four. Was that two hundred one where they bring her back? Two hundred. Two eighty six. Two eighty six. Okay, yeah. Where yeah, they, I know they bring her back. Yeah, yeah, where they bring her back from the cocoon egg of the phoenix or whatever. We might slide into that a little bit just to right. just to screw with them. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I definitely yeah. I mean, it's a good story. And maybe I kind of wish it was space. Sort of sense, but yeah, I want to fly into that too. So we'll get to uh, kill Phoenix next week. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like I said, maybe we'll get Big Hatch back next week, hopefully, on the line. All right, so that's the comic book corner tonight. Uh, we're going to sign off. I am the producer. Go ahead and sign off, saying, man. It's all right, y'all. Until we'll next week, I'm out. All right. All right. Sign off for the Beavis. I'll catch you in humans next week. That's right. Human, uh, mutants, man. That's, uh, that's a whole other story in the podcast. It's a whole other story. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> All right. So y'all see these, man. Peace. Peace. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
party. Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.